And good evening and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States of America, I welcome you, whatever state you're listening from, east to west, north to south, as far away as Hawaii, Alaska, uh, even the territories of Puerto Rico and Guam. We welcome you and to all of our listeners in other countries. I'm honored to have you aboard this evening also. Welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you from WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400. Those are on your AM dial. And on your FM dial, you can find us at WBXB 100.1. You may also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Dot com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, if you want to hear any of my past shows, uh, past episodes, you can find the podcast by searching your iTunes player. Search iTunes for The C.D. Hodges. Search iTunes for The C.D. Hodges or that iTunes smart uh, 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 podcast player icon on your smart device. That's what I'm trying to say. Got a little tongue tied there. You'll find us there. Just search the C.D. Hodges and you'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And we hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. All right, let's get going tonight. Well, this is our fifth. Our fifth installment in this mini-series that we're doing on teens, teenagers, and and teen issues, you know. And it's hard to believe that we've already covered four weeks on teens. And uh, quite honestly, it feels like we're still on the introduction. We're just scratching the surface of the surface of the surface as far as teens go. And when it comes to teens, this stage of life is so critical and there's so much that we could say, and I'm not quite sure how to say what we need to say. I'm not sure how to, much to say. I'm not sure what to say, but uh, hopefully we're saying something that's helpful. I do hope to pass on some meaningful data and some meaningful information that will help somebody form a way forward where life with their teenager is concerned. I feel kind of like the Apostle Paul here when he says, I would not have you ignorant. So what I really want to do is just pass on some information that can help spur thinking, help motivate and initiate thinking, feeling and doing in you where your teenager is concerned. It just makes no sense whatsoever. It makes absolutely no sense for us to announce and declare that I can't do anything with my teenager. That makes absolutely no sense to me at all. I can't do anything with my teenager. There's always something that you can do with your teenager. And no matter how helpless you feel, never let yourself become hopeless. And I know I'm not talking to everybody because everybody doesn't have these strong, uh, deep, uh, uh, seriously negative experiences with their teens. Some people have some really good experiences with their teens. But the truth of the matter is, you, you cannot be shocked or you cannot be surprised if your teen uh, rocks the boat just a little at least, trying to make that transition from a teenager to adult. It's a rocky time. It's a rocky period. And, and they're going to make it. We just hope they make it uh, with all of their life, all of their existence, all of their soul, 
all of their body, all of their mind, in fact. We want them to make it into adulthood with everything about them intact. So please understand when it's time to get some help, please understand that you're going to have to make yourself ready to deal with your team. Now, before we get going in this episode, I wonder if anybody took me up on the challenge to research. I gave you a challenge on last week, and I wonder if anybody took me up on the challenge to research those Marine Corps 11 leadership principles and 14 leadership traits. Those are good for living. I found out that those 11 leadership principles and 14 leadership traits that I got from the Marine Corps that's good in my uh, 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 secular employment. That's good in church leadership. That's good in family leadership. Those 11 leadership principles and 14 leadership traits, they're just good, period. They're good, period, because they deal with the soul of man. And I'm telling you, parents, if you want to help your team, then you need to work on becoming that the person that your team needs you to be. Your team, your team in particular, every teenager is not the same, just like no individuals are the same. Even identical twins, they're different. No two people are exactly alike. So your teenager is unique. They're going to have some problems, some issues, some difficulties that are similar to other teens, but your team is unique. And your team, because he or she is unique, they're going to need you to be uniquely situated in order to be the person that they need as they negotiate the teen years, in order to be the, the pillar of strength, the, 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 the pool of wisdom that they need to get through the teen years. They're going to need you to be a certain person and a certain type of person. And these Marine Corps 11 leadership principles and 14 leadership traits, they're going to help you in your endeavor to become and to be the parent that your team needs you to be. You need to get freed up of all of that stuff you've got in you, all that baggage from your childhood, all of the baggage from your teen years. You need to get liberated from all of that. You need to get liberated from the, the uh, uh, mindset that you're going to treat your teen like you were treated, that you're going to raise your teen like your mom and dad raised you. Uh, you need to look at yourself closely in the mirror. You need to get the advice, the guidance, the input from other people because some of us believe that our moms and dads did a wonderful job with us because of the way that we turned out. Well, you turned out okay in your own eyes quite often. But if you really want to know how you turned out, you ought to have the courage to ask someone that's close to you what happened with you. Did you really, in fact, turn out all right? So, I want to issue this challenge once again. I want Whatever help you need in your life, becoming whoever you need to be. And everybody is a leader. If we're leading nobody but ourselves, we are a leader. And so most people, they are leaders. They are leaders in some degree, some fashion, one way or another in their lives. They are leaders. And if you want to become the person that God means for you to be, if you want to become the person that you dream of being, you need some targets. And I'm telling you that the, the 11 leadership principles and the 14 leadership traits that I learned from the United States Marine Corps will help you in that endeavor. It will definitely help you increase your influence over your team because you're going to need influence.
influence over your team. You're going to wrestle with music groups. You're going to wrestle with uh, their peers. You're going to wrestle with TV stars and celebrities. You're going to compete for influence over your team with all sorts of other forces. So if you want to have influence over your team, then you need to work diligently at becoming the person that your team is going to need in these teenage years. And this is important. All of this is important because, believe it or not, some of your team's drama, don't forget this, what I'm saying about leadership, what I'm saying about becoming the person that your team needs to be, it's important because, and I know you may find it hard to believe, I know many of you will reject this, you may very well reject this notion, but believe it or not, some of your team's drama in life may very well be the result of baggage that you passed on to them. So I'm not uh, uh, insulting anyone. I don't mean to offend anyone, but it's the truth anyhow. And you've been, if you've been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic, you understand that families work as a system, and we are good for passing family patterns on to the following generations. So some of your teen's baggage, the way that your teen is processing information, the way that your teen is developing their attitude, a lot of it has to do with what you have put in your teen. All right? I was getting ready to ask for an amen there. Uh, so I've spent a good amount of time over the last few weeks describing and explaining the ins and the outs of being a teenager. It's daunting indeed. It's a daunting task indeed. And for some families, it really takes a toll on the teen and the family as well. Some families have, have been torn apart by teenage drama. Some teens have uh, uh, done some really, some really out there things as a result of teen drama. So it takes a toll on the family. And as I said before, teens struggle. They struggle to negotiate the pitfalls, the ups and downs, and the difficulties of their teen years. And their lives are often accompanied by attitude challenges, poor decision-making, and inappropriate behavior. And I know we have an amen right there. Somebody can feel this right here. The teenage years are often accompanied by attitude challenges, poor decision-making, and inappropriate behavior. And it is not uncommon, one iota, it is not uncommon for teens to have conflict with their parents. And if you add to all of that, add to all of that the question of whether or not the teen picked up those expected skills at those touch points in their life that I've been talking about for the couple of weeks. So at, at the toddler stage, at the infancy stage, at the young child stage, at the school age stage, did they pick up the skills? Did they learn the life skills that they were supposed to? So when you put all of this together, if it doesn't work just right or if it works somewhere to the left of center there, uh, if you don't get it together, it could mean some serious challenges for the teen and for the family. And then, oh my goodness, then there is the stress of social and peer pressure, learning and forming relationships, and for some teens, dealing with and interpreting past drama of one sort or another. These all, I, I really want to impress upon your thinking that teens are dealing with some real issues. And most of the issues, their issues are really going on. It's a, it's a, oh my goodness, 
It's a typhoon. It's a storm. It's a hurricane within their own soul, their mind, their will, their emotions. And all of this stums to, comes together to make the perfect storm for some teens, and it really gives them a hard time. All right? So you're dealing with all of this stuff, just the normal teenage stuff. And then you got the consequences of inappropriate behavior, poor decision-making, negative attitudes. All, all of this is going on. And the peer pressure. Oh, my goodness. Teens can be some cruel people. They can be cruel. And so I want to encourage some of you also, if the teacher or the principal or the school counselor ever call you and tell you that I'm having a problem with your perfect little Johnny or your perfect little Susan or whatever the case may be, if the school calls you and tell you I'm having a problem with your child, please, please, please entertain the notion that there very well may be a problem. Entertain that notion before you dismiss it with baloney like, I know my child and my child would never do something like that. Oh my goodness, what a crock of baloney that is. All right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and all of this stuff, let's not forget the changing and the fluctuating levels of hormones. All of this stuff going on in anyone's life and in anybody's head if a, is enough to take them to their limit. And here's where it gets really tricky and dicey for teens. All of these experiences bring about certain hurts and pains for some teens. And here's where I really want to launch for, for tonight's pointers. Everything going on in the teen. From their childhood experiences to their teenage experiences, etc., etc., everything comes together. And it makes for certain hurts and certain pains and certain misfortunes for some teens. Consequently, these teens engage in various types of behaviors. And some of these behaviors are harmful, and some of these behaviors are even deviant but they engage in various types of behaviors to try and cope with all the stressors, all the pain, and whatever else is going on in their lives. They develop the behaviors to cope with all of this stuff. And I want to talk to you about some of these behaviors, but I, I want you to get this here. Some of the outrageous behavior from teenagers, it's not just the kid acting up. It's the kid trying to come up with a strategy to deal with everything that's stressing him or her out. It's a lot of pressure coming from peers. It's a lot of pressure trying to fit in socially. And they're not emotionally mature enough to properly process it. And in order to deal with the overwhelming pressure of what they're going to through, they develop certain behaviors to deal with it and to vent those pressures. And that's what I want to get into a little bit tonight. Those behaviors that they develop. So I want to tell you about some of these behaviors and de de describe some of them in a little detail. Some teens experiment with alcohol and drugs to mask their pain. Some teens join gangs as a way to answer their need for acceptance and belonging. Some teens turn to bullying and even violence 
to feel better about similar behaviors perpetrated against them, mostly at home. So if you're a dad who's always pounding on your kid, I'm going to teach you to be tough. I'm going to teach you to be tough. I'm going to teach you to be tough. And you fail to validate your son's or your daughter's feelings and emotions, if you don't strike that right balance, you're going to teach them to be tough all right. But they're going to be tough on weaker kids. They're going to become a bully. I'm telling you this right now. They're going to become a bully. I can guarantee you every bully has mommy and daddy issues. Every bully from the White House to the outhouse. Every bully has mommy and daddy issues. So they turn to bullying to mask other feelings and, and the inability to deal with uh, the emotions of their experiences. Some teens become promiscuous as an attempt to satisfy their need for love and affection and validation. Some teens engage in what's known as cutting. And most unfortunately, in order to deal with the, the depth of their pain, some teens even attempt suicide. I want you to listen to those last three there. Promiscuity, cutting, and suicide. These are all external behaviors that teens engage in to either mask their pain or, or they engage in these behaviors because they don't have the emotional maturity to process the feelings that come as a result of their experience. All right? So, please know that that uh, 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 I'm not saying that this is typical behavior for all teens. Remember what I said last week. So much of how a teen responds to their parents, so much of how a teen responds to his environment and his world, to life's challenges, is a result of how the parents responded to the teen during all the previous years of the teen's life, going all the way back to infancy. I want to promise you that. So yeah, mom and dad, some of your teen's drama is the result of what you put in them or what you did not put in them. Also, I want you to remember what I said about picking up those certain skills at certain touch points in their lives. This is crucial. This is critical. I keep mentioning these life skills. I keep on mentioning them. When I was in the Marine Corps, we had a saying about dealing with adversity. We had a saying that we would encourage one another with. Whenever we rose up against a problem, whenever we rose up, uh, met a difficulty, whenever we came up against conflict of one sort or another, we would always say, it's all, it's to adapt and overcome. That was the motto, adapt and overcome. Well, when I talk about these life skills, I'm talking about those skills that will help the teen form a sense of resiliency, help the teen form that I can do it and that I can make it mentality so that they can adapt and overcome their adversities in life because adversity is going to come. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so you, you, you're interacting with your child. You're leading and guiding your child from infancy on. And there are these touch points in life where they're supposed to pick up certain skills. Why? To put within them, to build within them resiliency, the I can do it spirit, the I can make it mentality. 
so that they can adapt and overcome their adversity. And by the time a child enters their teens and into their teens and into their teens, these skills include hope, will, purpose, confidence, competence, and fidelity to others. And that's from Eric Erickson's theory of personality development, but it just works. By the time they're in their teens, they should have accumulated or accrued to themselves the skills that would develop hope, will, purpose, competence, and fidelity to others. So a child who picks up the right life skill at the right time most likely learns to adapt and overcome his or her life's challenges and adversities. That's all I'm saying. When a child does not learn those skills, they engage in other behaviors as substitutes for the skill that would have led to acceptable and appropriate behavior, acceptable and appropriate choices and decisions in order to cope with their life's challenges and adversities. Yeah. So when the child picks up the skill, they can handle adversity. Challenge. When the child does not pick up the skill, they have a hard time, they fail, they give in to adversity and challenge, or they develop irrational or deviant or inappropriate behaviors to deal with adversity and challenge. You know, I've watched the movie, I won't tell you what I'm talking about, I watched the movie The Accountant a few times, a uh, good movie. In this movie, Ben Affleck plays a character who is something of a prodigy with numbers. But he and his older brother were pushed so hard by their father in childhood that their father's treatment left them so traumatized emotionally that even in adulthood, they engaged in other behaviors, irrational and inappropriate and deviant behaviors to relieve themselves of emotional pain. For example, for being Affleck's character, the emotional pain of not finishing a project was so great that he would go home, turn the music up really loudly, and beat his shins, beat his legs with a baseball bat. Now, this was the make-believe of a movie, but the premise is sound. Our teens do some of the same things. Teenagers engage in irrational behaviors to relieve emotional pain. I want to look at a couple of these for just a moment. We're going to be done tonight. Have you ever heard of cutting? When I was in this, an assistant inspector general in Japan, I worked closely with the school system and families. And we would witness teens dealing with all kinds of issues that brought up all kinds of pain, adversity, trauma, challenges, etc., etc. You name it, we saw it. For some kids who did not have the skill to adapt and overcome their pain, hurt, the drama of one kind or another, these kids turn to what's called cutting. Cutting is when a teen, usually early teens, and usually girls, mostly girls, cutting is when a teen literally cuts themselves with a sharp object like a knife or scissors in order to relieve emotional pain. We knew we had a teen who was cutting because we would see the cut marks on their arms, on their legs, on their bellies. The cut marks are an outward sign of inward pain. Literally, they would cut themselves, draw blood. The emotional pain came as a result of trauma, rejection, 
loneliness, isolation, sorrow, and nearly any other experience that may leave a deep emotional impact. There may be emotional pain as a result of mental challenges, such as depression. Their skills are not adequate enough to help them adapt and overcome their particular adversity. And the teen actually believes that they can relieve the emotional pain by cutting themselves. They believe they can bleed the pain away. And it makes absolutely no sense to adults or, or to, to the teen's parents, and it seems totally irrational by any stretch of the imagination. However, some teens would do this again and again and again and again because apparently it provides some sort of relief, even if that relief is temporary. So the cutting acts like an addiction. They're drawn back to the behavior when their emotions overwhelm them or when they face an emotional hurdle that they don't have the skill to jump over. Cutting can be particularly dangerous because it's not like teens. Uh, uh, it's not like teens are going to take the time to sterilize the tools that they're using to cut themselves. So using these dirty items is like using a needle that someone else has already used. They stand a great chance of infecting themselves. That's the that's a small worry where the whole picture is concerned. They leave themselves open to affection or significant blood loss and scarring, etc., etc. These are things you got to be concerned with. So no matter what the extreme behavior is, whether it be alcohol or drugs, joining gangs or violence or bullying or promiscuity, suicide, cutting, burning, hitting, or any other means of injuring themselves, all of it is for the same reason. The teen experiences some emotional pain that emotional pain exceeds their ability to handle it, to overcome it, to adapt to it. So they engage in these inappropriate, irrational, extreme behaviors to hopefully relieve their emotional pain. Now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, if you have a teen or you know a teenager that engages in cutting or any other of these any of these other behaviors that I've named, and then some. You should know that there is much hope and much help, even if you have this team in your house. Remember what I said earlier. You need to work on you so that you can make sure that you are becoming and you are the person with the love and the patience and the grace and the endurance that your team needs to overcome these tumultuous times. Note that these behaviors may be a sign of real mental difficulties. And these behaviors, more than the teen acting up, more than the teen simply acting out, these behaviors are real cries for help. And I know you're frustrated and you're asking yourself, well, why doesn't he just ask for help? The same reason many adults do not just ask for help. Emotional immaturity hinders good decision-making, just like in some adults. So these irrational, these, these, these behaviors that seem so bizarre to so many adults and to you, 
parents who are parents of these teens. They are cries for help, real cries for help. So don't ignore them. Do not ignore the signs and the indicators. I don't have time to deal with this, but you can tell the signs. Be careful when your teen is locking themselves in the room for hours at a time. Don't let them do that. Be careful when your teen changes his habits, changes his clothes. Your teen is used to wearing short clothes, loose clothes, uh, or tight clothes, and all of a sudden they're wearing long, loose-fitting clothes. Watch those indicators. Listen to their language. Watch their habits. Watch their behavior. Look for indicators. And be open to the possibility that your team may have an issue. Not many people are able to handle this type of challenge alone. So parents, if your team fits what I've described here, please get yourself some help. For your team's sake and for the sake of your family, get yourself some help. That help may come in the form of professional counseling, psychological or psychiatric help. And you know where we in the church are concerned, the Bible refers to these types of behaviors in our teens as strongholds. So you need to link yourself with somebody or somebodies who know how to pray. Because getting this victory will require some effort and some gumption and some serious fight on your part. Help your team. They're going through a real stage. Hey, listen, I'm out of time tonight. I'm so glad that you've joined us. I hope what we said, we've said something that can benefit you. We've said something that will help you along the way. I appreciate you joining us. Listen, get back with me. Email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. If you have a question about your teen, if you have a question about anything, you got something you would like to hear me discuss, you want to hear me deal with on the show here, or just email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges, in box me. Let me know. Let me know that you hear us. Let me know that we're doing you some good. Appreciate you joining us. We're going to see you right here again on the next time. Until then, remember you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.